Are you looking to hire a photographer? Check out Windsor's own Melissa Fay Photography. With affordable and professional services ranging from lifestyle newborn to weddings and any of life's important events in between. Mention Hot Trick Hockey and enjoy 10% off any service. Find her on social media as Melissa Fay Photography. And welcome everybody. It's episode 33 of Hot Trick Hockey. That is always sponsored by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. Rob, this is the Patrick Waugh edition of the show here. A little bit on Waugh real quick before we get to you, Rob. 19 seasons, 1,029 games played, 2.54 goals against average, 910 save percentage, 66 shutouts, 551 wins, five-time Jennings Trophy, lowest goals against, four-time Stanley Cup champ, three-time Vesna, three-time Conn Smite, He's also won a Calder Cup, and he went into the Hall of Fame in 06, 07. That's Patrick Waugh. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, he's he's uh, another one of those guys that has done everything. Rob, what is going on, man? Fucking snowmageddon out there. Holy balls, man. I couldn't even go to work today. Dude, I tried backing my car out of the driveway, and it started <laughs> lifting the back of the car up. So like I just pulled forward again, came back in the house, called my boss, said, Hey, I can't come in. Yeah. I can't even get out of the fucking driveway. No, I, I couldn't get out of the driveway, let alone, you know, like, and then he's like, well, you know, you should try and get it. Well, I, I, you know, with my heart issues and everything, I, I can't mm. fucking shovel the driveway, but I have a great neighbor who end up, uh, before the end of the day, end up, uh, Snowblow on my driveway and what a fucking total butte, Mike Gorey. I really appreciate him. Thank yeah. you very much. Total and then I got another neighbor across the street that I had texted. I asked him when he got home from work if he'd be able to do it. And he said, No problem. So I got I got a lot of love coming around here uh in the uh neighborhood. That's a good thing because that snow is fucking heavy. I shoveled a bunch of it today. Yeah, well then I had to get my boy because they can only get the uh snowblower up so far closest to the house right and then glenn had to go up and uh, but he spent a half an hour out there just shoveling the walkway out of the front the the side door there just yeah. to be able to get to the car yeah it was so, crazy man you gotta say everything jeremy you have to oh, say and i wanted to mention too uh valentine's day was a big success at uh, misty's house you know we uh got some um what do you call them oysters oh yeah and uh um, crab legs it was the first time we did crab legs and man did it turn out great what a what a great valentine's day rob just crushing it oh yeah <laughs> yeah we didn't do a whole lot for that we just kind of hung out with the kids and stuff like that i think we might have ordered some pizza yeah we just hung out man it was it was all right but now out there man it's so fucking cold so you have to stay warm so here's a good way to stay warm rob is in our merch store we have zip up hoodies 40 bucks we still have the uh cotton shirts and the snapback hats like you're wearing right there for 25 bucks and we have the cotton hoodie and the border toque for 35 bucks so you can't get much better than that so if you guys want to stay warm hit up laser art on our site anywhere click a link go straight to the store order your merch it's good stuff they're total buttes there over there they'll take care of you yeah. So before we get going here real quick, 
Um, I just want to just talk about one of my friends real quick, Francis Long. So Francis Long, uh, our boy, he had some some like heart issues. So he's been in the like hospital for a bit and with all this COVID shit, can't really see anybody, but he's able to make like phone calls and speak with his like family and stuff like that. I've like shot the shit with Frank a few times. He's back to his, uh, his witty like self, shall we say. Um, but I just want to say to Frank, like, I wish you all the best buddy, speedy recovery. And, uh, we want to see you right back on the ball field with us as soon as possible. Yeah, that's coming from all of us at Hattrick Hockey, Francis. You know, we know you got some great family there, Brady and uh, Brandy and uh, Jordy. So we know you're being well taken care of. Yeah. So I've been uh, I've been looking for his dad, uh, Jeff. There, he's been throwing up some like updates and stuff. So I've been kind of watching his posts and stuff. So best of luck, Frank. And we're definitely thinking about you, buddy. So get well soon. That being said. We'll go right into the hockey here. Patrick Line already benched for lipping off to a coach already. So what do you think on that, Rob? Do you think these like, but it was, it wasn't to the head coach. He didn't have the balls to do it to torts. He did it to a assistant coach. So what do you think on that, Rob? Well, I think torts put him in the doghouse just for that alone. Those are his guys, mm-hmm. you know, that talk, talking to them like that is just like talking to him like that. So you know what I mean? Like we're, I, I don't understand the, uh, what's going through your head. You know what I mean? You, you haven't made it. Yeah. Do you have a hell of a fucking shot? Yeah, you do. Like it's, it, you're, you're an amazing hockey player. Why can't you just be a hockey player? Why do you gotta be such a dick? Yeah, I know. You know, like, I agree, man. This is going to get you another team. And then once people start uh, coaches and teams start figuring that shit out, where are you going to be? You know, you're playing in a K. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and he, that's the thing too. Is he's so good? Like he's such a good player. Like if he's he's one of those guys, he just needs to just play the game and not worry about anything else. Yep, just play. The a game. lot of guys are like that. Like they, there's still that. You know, there, there, there's lots of problems in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, crazy. like I don't know. It's not like it used to be where where players were all afraid of their coaches. Now they just like we're the ones that make the money. Go fuck yourself. I know it's crazy, man. It's crazy how it gets like that. Um, also, uh, Pittsburgh there, Ron Hextall is the new general manager. Then they really shake things up and they bring in Brian Burke as a new president of hockey operations. You think that's a huge kick in the ass of the whole, to the whole fucking squad or what? Well, you got to figure some shit out. Right. And, and I guess uh, apparently from what I heard, uh, I was listening to, I don't know whether it was TSN or who, who had him on, but he was saying that he was basically doing that already for one of the guys like in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't even on the radar to get that job. And some, I don't know who the owner is of the Vancouver Canucks, but they said, well, who are you getting your information from? They're like, Brian Burke. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, why aren't we interviewing him? So they end up throwing that at him. And he's like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm really enjoying my, you know, stint at, uh, where was he on? Uh, uh, Sportsnet. Yeah. And he said he was really enjoying it and learning to be a better, you know, interviewer, you know, uh, 
broadcaster, however you want to look at it. And he said, you know, he went home and thought about it and then said, shit, why not? I'm already doing it. So, but there was supposed to be an incident. Uh, if I can just find this real quick, um, where Hextall was getting interviewed by Mario and Mario was giving him the gears about knocking his teeth out. <laughs> what? If you, if you can believe that. Yeah. Uh, at some point, some point in the interview, I, I wish I could find, um, I'm trying to find it right now, but uh, yeah. When, <laughs> like like when they had a shot or a fight or something. I don't know whether it was the stick. Like I said, I'm, I'm oh, kind of searching. For we'll it. have to look that up. Like maybe there's a video. I, I'm sure there would be, but like even though that he was interviewing him for the job or whatever, he ended up bringing it up and uh, yeah, kind of rise him a little bit. Right, right. It's no fun if you don't look at freaking Iserman there asking kids if they're smoking weed. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but they're not knocking his teeth out. No, that is true. Hey, did you hear about the NHL? They're playing uh, two games at Lake Tahoe. Do you you seen that, eh? So I believe it's this weekend. So the 20th, Colorado is going to play Las Vegas at 3 o'clock. And then the following day, you're going to see Boston and Philly, and they're going to play at 3. How cool is that? It's very cool, but it's not actually on the lake. I know it's not. It's a rink beside the lake. Right. But you get the whole view of the mountains and everything like that. That's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, that'd be like playing in fucking Europe somewhere, right? Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah, actually. So moving on, actually, from that real quick before we go over to our interview, which was a fucking sick interview. For the So the NHL has enhanced its COVID protocol. Okay, so they uh, they made a few little changes um so one of them is like a work home quarantine so to keep the numbers and everything down effective immediately all players uh coaches training staff anybody on staff anybody involved with the team traveling party anybody they can't do anything except stay home and go to their games or their freaking practices if they exercise, it has to. It can be outdoors by their by themselves, and the only other thing they can leave their house for is a if they if it's something like medical. That's the only thing they can really leave their house for. I don't understand why these guys can't work out together. They, so, they play together. They sit right on the bench next to each other. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know, man. That's just how they're doing it. They're trying to keep the numbers down. Uh, so the reinforcement for the pre-venative like, measures. So the NHL uh, is going to ensure everybody that they're trying to teach all the players like the importance of like wearing your mask at all times and like doing your exercise, maintaining your social distance and everything. So they're trying to really hammer that in. So it almost sounds like players are like, like they have to take like a little course or something like a little crash course or something with the league almost on to how they want everything, everything to be. It's kind of weird. eh? Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, 
is facial covering. So everyone, obviously, you know this, everybody has to wear a mask. So whether you're in the dressing room, whatever, all, if you're in the room, all players, anybody in the room has to be wearing a mask. Uh, they have the KN95 ones there or whatever. So that's the ones that they've been using. The guys who are in the games or practices or whatever, players, obviously, they can remove their mask as they're getting ready to go out onto the ice. But other than that, when do you know what the 95 out, stands for? What's that? Uh, 95% efficient. Oh, does it? Yep. Never knew that, bro, honestly. Check out the big brain on Bob. <laughs> big brain Bobby. <laughs> also, they're like bringing in like your household members. So they're trying to give everybody like, I don't know, by the way it sounds is the goal is to just keep everything down obviously so they're gonna by the way it sounds they're actually running fucking tests and stuff on anybody who lives in your house so that way if somebody in your house has it they can knock it down before it even gets into the rink so by the way crazy is yeah it's nuts man it's crazy so is that still the the snot swab like where they go up your nose yeah so how, how often does that have to happen i would think the players probably have to do it Fuck a lot, man. In a week, I bet you have to. I bet you you're going at least three to four times a week to get to have a test on. And that means family members as well. I don't know if it's the family members, but either way, it will just be like. I don't know, man. They're trying to just knock down all interaction, which is what I'm going into right here. So the teams have been asked to reduce the amount of time that they spent like as a group. So that means team meetings, like social like settings. They don't want them going to like dinners or anything together, hanging out in the rooms together. They can't go out and have di- all everything at the places where they stay. So like the bars, everything like that, they're all to be closed by midnight. No later. So oh. They're just cutting everything out from these guys, man. Um, Three, the players with the recent, like, positives, they're, like, you're in a revised, like, seating arrangements, like, in the rooms, on the planes, on the buses, everything. So if you have tested positive and you are back with the team for 90 days, you have assigned seating in the room during travel or team meals. So for example, a player who tests, who has a freaking positive test and is back and it was less than 90 days ago, has to be, well, doesn't have to be, but should be seated next to somebody who has never had the virus. That's what they're saying. Or someone who has recovered from the virus for more than 90 days. Isn't that weird? That's nuts. Like, like, why would they want to do that? I don't know. I would think that you would sit next to somebody that's had it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like two guys that have had it. It's almost like because... they're trying to get like uh, some sort of um, nudity or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just a oh, it's just fucked. It's a fucking weird situation. Um, another point was what you actually brought up last episode, how they're like, don't have the glass now behind the benches and the penalty boxes. So that's yep. gone. Um, 
now they have tracking systems too on the guys so they can tell like when you've been affected and this and that it's all it's crazy dude and uh yeah that's pretty much about it <laughs> i don't know it's, it's kind of crazy just your mind boggled right now yeah it, it, that's some crazy shit just to play a freaking kids game you know yeah all this for these guys to play hockey so that being said should we uh pop it over to our interview here or what absolutely so for you guys since you guys obviously know because you probably already downloaded the episode so we have jeff kugel on with us and he was such a good guy he was very funny he was very witty <laughs> he said a lot of funny like one like liners so he was a pretty funny guy and uh he didn't hold anything back either <laughs> So, and yes, people, we asked them about the incident, okay? Yes, we asked them. We talked about it a little bit, okay? So, enjoy. Rob, what do you think here? Flip her over to uh, Mr. Jeff Kugel. Sounds good. All right, everybody, enjoy. Jeff Kugel. Roll it. And ladies and gentlemen, this next man on with us is a former Sioux Greyhound, former Windsor Spitfire. I want to give a big hat trick hockey welcome to Mr. Jeff Kugel. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? How's things? How you doing? I appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to it. So how's how's everything going with all this COVID crap? Uh, it's, it's, no, it's, it's probably as good as it could be. I don't know how it is over there for you guys, but across the border, I'm sure it's uh, pretty similar. I've been with Xfinity for a while, not to jump to what I'm doing now, but all pretty much everyone in the sales force, you know, 80, 90% of them are pretty much let go now no no face-to-face transaction so it's it's you know tough right now but everything's uh will work itself out i'm sure mm-hmm. well we'll hop right into her here so <laughs> how old were you when you started like playing like hockey and where at i started playing a little late probably as opposed to most kids who made it you know to the ohl or juniors or something like that i think i i want to say i was in fourth grade third or fourth grade just starting Bauer turbos I don't know how old you guys are but <laughs> I mean complete plastic boots you know slip-ins and actually a friend of our family's uh is married into Gre- with Greg Steffen which was, who was a goalie for the Red Wings um actually grew up in Brantford Ontario physically uh-huh. real close to uh Gretz um grew up playing played with Probert on that team with Sean Burr all those guys yeah so you have a goalie camp over at Oak Park, which at the time was where uh, Compuware was. Eric Lindros was skating out of there, a bunch of, sure, a bunch of other big names at the time. But um, I used to go to goalie camp. He had me shoot on the goalies, uh, working my way up. And then pretty much, I mean, it, I, honestly, it was a steady dose of house hockey for a bit. Mm-hmm. I was a bit and a little, you know, only child. So my, I was a little bit less aggressive than I should have been. And uh, it took me a minute to, to get up. But it was probably four or five years of straight, you know, throw a stick in pretty much coach will pick you out and, mm-hmm. you know, house hockey. It wasn't until I got a little older until I started traveling and getting on some good teams. I was actually, that was going to be my next thing I asked you was how old were you when you started to play like, like travel hockey and stuff. I started playing like in, in the States here. I know, I don't know how it is there, but it's a uh, house that, which is then there's like a double A triple A is obviously the premier Comptuary, little Caesars, Toronto mm-hmm. Marlies. Red Wings, stuff like that. But uh, honestly, I played two years of AAA and probably three years of AA before that. So probably till I was like in seventh grade 
you know, we used to travel in A2, you go to four or five tournaments, but when you're in a triple A team and you start, you know, going to tournaments and hearing <clears throat> stories about some of the legends that obviously grew, you know, end up in the OHL with me, it's a big, way big, you know, it's a bigger difference playing, uh, you know, whatever team it was from you know, Markham, Ajax Pickering, you yeah. know, Eric, John Erskine's on the team as opposed to, you know, in America as a kid, when we'd fight, it'd pretty much be just grabbing the face mask and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Your stories about guys, you know, boys in Canada asking to go buckets off in like third, fourth grade. I mean, it's, it's a wake-up call, you know. It's definitely a wake-up call. Buckets off. Rob, go ahead, man. I feel like I'm hogging the questions here. You are because you're a puck hog. But uh, <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> what made you fall in love with the game, Jeff? Honestly, it was my family. We used to go to these Easter Seal uh, charity events, and I got a picture. I was going to try to get out. I'll send it to you guys, but it's me and Proby. And, you know, I just – Red Wings growing up in Detroit you know, at the time, it was just people were maniacal over the wings – pretty close to the cup every time. And even since then, obviously dynasties back-to-backs a few times, but uh, it's, it, you know, j- just being around it with my family, seeing those guys going to the, going to the Joe so much, watching practices uh, eventually, you know, and I, at that young in America, it was crazy. Cause a lot of people were like, what do you, why aren't you on the football field? Mm-hmm. What's what happened? You have a bad experience with her or something. I mean, actually when at the, at the end, when I, my last uh, year before I got traded to the Sioux, I went to New York Rangers camp. Remember, I walked in there and we're in line. Everyone's going through warm ups and you go through your way in. And as soon as I got weighed in, the trainers for the, the Rangers look in. This is in a year after I sat out for the suspension. So trainers look at each other and they're like, buddy, I think uh, you missed it. You're down the arena. You're down the street. Uh, Giants camp's down the street. Like I was just, <laughs> just expecting me to be so big and be an American. Like, why, why aren't you playing football or basketball? What are you doing? But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this you know, family was into it and ever since you once you start traveling and getting the hockey family it's kind of uh it's kind of a wrap after that so like how old were you when you started getting like the sniffs from like the ohl teams and stuff like that not even uh, if i tell you that any i can't even explain the extremeness of how many looks i did not get from anybody yeah. until my last year and I, it was kind of a blessing because I was with CompuWare, which is Carmonos' team, who at the time just built CompuWare Arena, which was where the Junior Whalers played. So luckily, being on a team like that, going to national championships, you know, we had Dave Leguan was there just before that. He had just left to go to the O. So, you know, <clears throat> there were some spots open, but that was the only year. And, you know, my dumbass wanted to go to, to college. I, I thought I was going to go to Michigan State. And, you know, I used to go to these hockey camps in Traverse City, Michigan. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to. Maine, I'll be like Paul Korea. I just probably just be a sniper. That'd be the best thing, you know. Little did I know, I had no fucking clue. I'm like, well, I, got, I think I did three homework assignments this year. <laughs> I, I don't know if I. I think it's it was like a five game suspension for a fight in college, and I believe for it was like two fights. It was a ten game, three or four fights. It was a season. I'm like, my OHL camp. I was told if I don't fight at least three times per scrimmage, Jeez. then just don't you know and and luckily I messed out on I was in an era where I had just missed some big dogs mm-hmm. and you know so so I lucked out with with age wise because right before me I think every age in my in my opinion some bad it gets bad motherfuckers were 70s I mean those guys were a different era 80s guys yeah. I mean as opposed to now it's just it's a whole different it's a whole different world well, even playing with the Spitfires, you had some guys uh, that uh, – Mike Hansen, he had 216 penalty minutes. 
You had uh, Andy uh, Burnham. Yeah, uh, 165 penalty minutes. Joel, Joel Swell, 143. Um, Joey Sewell, the Indian from the Sioux. Yeah. The guy's from the reservation. Are you fucking kidding me? What was he like? <laughs> when I got traded to the Sioux, because he, he had been on my team, and we were – when I got traded, man, that was a, it was a crusher because if you can imagine playing in the OHL – and not, and I got drafted, so. So what kind of hockey player were you then? I wanted to be a, a left winger, Joel Neuendijk, you know, Eric Lindros type, but I honestly, I couldn't body check for the life of me. That's an art that I just never picked up. I was, you know, really good hands when I played. I mean, I, I would score points, but it was only so much, you know, as, as I was coming up was when it was starting to be like, you had to get points, you had to, you couldn't just go out there. And fight there was a few guys like that but you know pretty much an up and down winger wanted to be you know goal score you know 20 goals a year 20 assists a year never nothing good in growing up and uh in the ohl i honestly my first two seasons i got two points and it was in one game so yeah one the- goal one assist <laughs> in one game uh, against london i remember i remember suiting up and and going to school i'd have these schedule books you're supposed to put your assignments in it Every day, my teacher would look at it and she'd say, who, who the fuck? That's not your assignment. She wouldn't say fuck, but she, who's, what's John Erskine? I'm like, oh, they want me to go home two times as today. You're like, well, that's for your assignments. I'm like, no, today's John Erskine. Hopefully, it's not <laughs> my assignment. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, fuck, what do you mean, my assignment? Kippy Brennan got traded. I got to keep my buck, you know, keep my head on. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know, Don was one of the, the names in the league at the time that was, uh, you know, rung bells across the league. When, uh, was your first hockey fight like your first one ever like gloves off like let's go gloves off was in the ohl my first fight was my first game against uh nick jones sue st marie we still bullshit it's great because you guys we all still bullshit on facebook we still talk yeah. especially the fighters, but even the other tough guys like you know even if it's one or two lines here and there all the guys i mean steve i played for the spits after me uh, you know craig mahan rideout obviously who's coaching in the ohl doing really good yeah, uh, boy, great. I can't. I love him and his brother Matt. Both good kids, and uh, yeah. So it's it's great to keep in touch. But yeah, it was my first fight. It's actually on YouTube. All of them talked for like ten minutes before the announcers brought it up, and you could tell it was my first fight too. It was just holding them out for dear life. And after that one, the crowd went crazy. And you know, in Windsor, there's really there's no pro football, there's no pro baseball. So the Spits, you know, have some have some weight with their name. So after that. I think my head went from, uh, you know, a pea to like a watermelon. I thought it was over after that. I was like, I re- retired from school. I had two of my buddies that were just going to clean my suits for me. It was, I thought it was over after one, one fight, but mm-hmm. little you know, he was, uh, he, he was a tough guy though. Nick Jones fought everybody every year, you know, tons of pims. Mm-hmm. Bob, go ahead, brother. So, so what, what was your draft like? Like, how did, how did your draft go? Like when you, they, they came to see you or did you get a letter or how did that go? I talked to a few Leamington junior B to And I really thought, like, I, I honestly thought at the time I wanted to want to fuck it. No idea what I was thinking, try to play college hockey, but um, ended up at the end realizing what the OHL was and wanted to go there. So Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens right before they tore it down is, is where the draft was. literally had I believe they had the construction getting ready to tear the gardens down so I got to see that going there my my dad drive all the way up there Joe Thornton I just got drafted uh 
I think first pick overall, um, waiting or, or the year before. So he was there shaking everyone's hand, waiting in the draft. You know, I think Leg or uh, Lecavier went first, and uh, to, to pro that year. But to, for the OHL draft, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the OHL draft. Yeah, that's that's the one I was at. Uh, at Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, went there, stayed the whole time, probably about an hour and a half in, two hours in, started looking really bleak. Only talked to, uh, I think, Plymouth, because it was a hometown team. We played at the same arena. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think I talked to Windsor. It was like Belleville or someone else. Ended up leaving with my dad without getting drafted. So halfway oh. down, coming home, didn't even talk to the team at all. It was the 16th round when I left. And I got drafted the end of the 17th round, if you could believe that. <laughs> no one even believes it. When I tell people, they're like, "What kind of fucking sport has 17 rounds of drafts?" I'm like, I, "They give everyone a chance." You know what I'm saying? It's, it's as long as you can bust your ass, you're gonna make it a chance to make it. Mm-hmm. Right, man. I <laughs> I was at a game while well, I was. You were obviously there, but I just seeing you for the first time skate out on the ice. I'm like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Because you were a head taller than everybody else. Yeah, there was there was only a few guys that were that tall. Like we had Kit Brennan on our team, absolute killer, and that's one of the guys who I mean, put put the fear. That team we had one year. I think we had five guys drafted. We had four, uh, you know, one or two first rounders. We were I think projected to be a, a close finish in the Memorial Cup. So literally two two to three games, maybe a few weeks in the season. Five guys missed curfew, and he traded half the team. Oh. And that was the first time I'm like I might. I may, I don't know. I may see a shift or two. It, it <laughs> work out good. Everybody got traded. Matt Cook got traded. Uh, Kit Brennan got traded. Everybody that missed curfew, which was all the big guys in our train with, you know, team with, with a draft pick behind them traded. So Great. I think I got a few shifts and actually started playing, getting a little confidence. And that's, uh, that was probably like, you know, a few weeks into my uh, OHL career. That's how it started. Yeah. I just, like I said, I just seen you skate out. The first time and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, well, coming from the States too. And then when you hear him start yelling your name, and honestly, I would play two shifts a game. So if you were there, you saw it, I'd play two shifts a game and I would wait for the other fucking guy, like, son of a bitch, here this, here he comes. Yeah. But and you, you know, come from the States, like, we never did buckets off. We never circled around, took our elbow pads off. So sure enough, fucking other guy goes off. As soon as it happens, I would every single time a tap from the coach. So the two tough guys would be my two shifts of the game. And, you know, it's a little bit frustrating, but if it's that or, you know, obviously there's no way I would have made it. I think I fought three times at training camp. I fought, I fought a Win- Windsor guy twice, Terry Banjanovic. I remember his name. They called him Banner. He's a pretty tough guy, a little bit older, but fought him twice. I think I fought Ryan Shaver, who was on our team. Yeah. But that was, was just in tryouts. That was like an open skate. Like the first day I'm like, Jesus, I have to do this every day to stay on the team. It's a fucking rough gig. That's, that's got to be really disheartening that, you know, you, your shift is when you get the top, you know. It is. And it's, I mean, it's not, not that I, I love fighting and I really, really have a rough time seeing some of the shit that goes on nowadays in hockey. But yeah, I mean, how much, how many, how many guys have you heard that, you know, whether it's, you know, depression and shit that goes on with that, just knowing that you have to do that. If you have a shift, it's a different story. But if you're just going out to do that, like the old school guys, yeah, that was a, that's a different breed right there. Like you know, boogeyman, those guys. That's that's a, that's a definitely different breed. 
I was just about to ask you, who was that one guy that you like knew you were going to have to fight to where it was like, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I, I lucked, like I said, I got there. DJ Smith just left. I, as soon as we got in the OHL, a few of the guys, all the main big guys that were around, I really, really lucked out. And I, I hate it because it's tough for me to rate myself because I never had the huge fights. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm thinking of my toughest. I never got to go, you know, any of the super Erskine one time. And it was kind of, you know, a, a bullshit, like fumble. He kind of over the net and didn't, didn't really fight. Mm-hmm. And just because I didn't really play a regular shift, you know. So it was tough to get the, the fights because those guys were playing a real shift. Erskine probably didn't want to go, you know, as a first round pick, he ain't going to go off the, the bench for, you know, for me. So he's a smart player, understood. But yeah, definitely frustrating. And especially after six months of that, traveling to Sudbury, sitting in the front of the bus, picking up, you know, two liters of dip bottles, you know, fucking the, the veterans are throwing at you. Hey, Kugel, you turn around like, what way is the bus pointing forward? They're like, well, why the fuck are you looking this way? Oh. All right, guys. Sorry about that. Just, you know, bullshit hazing for the whole year, cleaning up the bus and shit, and then you get to go out and hopefully, you know, win a fight. But it is what it is. I enjoyed I just, it. I, I would just say to him, hey, you better watch who you're fucking talking to because when that guy rocks you, I'm just going to stand there and laugh. Oh, exactly. We had Pete Sarno. He was like a leading goal scorer. He was always really nice. But, I mean, like I said, there was fuck. Kip Brennan was a top pound-for-pound guy. Even when he went to L.A., he was fucking – a really, really pound for, you know, a tough dude. He was a crazy motherfucker too, that guy. Kip. I don't know if you ever remember him playing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was, funny story about him is like probably like eight, seven, eight years ago, here's a fucking reality show with Dr. Drew. It's like celebrity rehab. Yeah. And some some model, Amber Smith is on there. She was the guest model. And, and I'm sitting there watching it and it's fucking hilarious. I'm there with 10 of my buddies. And she's like, I, sh- I couldn't, I snuck out, I snapped. I went to this party and it's in LA. And I remember he got drafted to LA. She fucking goes upstairs. She's all, you know, obviously got back on the bottle. And next morning she's all embarrassed, comes out fucking sitting there. And it shows I'm like, it's fucking Kip. <laughs> fucking Kip, <laughs> Kip fucking got her. He must've been playing for the Kings. He had like a fisherman hat on. He's fucking, I, was like, That's <laughs> I fucking found him too. I fucking kept reminding him like, that is him. That motherfucker at the fucking grin on him. That Irish grin. I knew it. <laughs> oh, you're still doing good obviously that's fucking funny man hilarious what was the one thing you enjoyed most about playing in the in the ohl oh the, my buddies like right like you know those guys i still talk to it's it's i used to go up to Toronto and see like a few of my buddies goldenberg and a few of those guys and it's just you know it's good experience to do stuff like that i went to a windsor game probably like three years ago me and mark ride out and Plan to go over a little more if they would have started up. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but uh, probably won't be till next year. I think I seen they were doing a 25 gamer and plus the, the playoffs. They were going to use like three or four cities, I think. Yeah, that's oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's rough. Hopefully next season, some of the restrictions will lax up. But as I said, when I was working for Xfinity at the end there, to show the difference in size and guys, when I was coming up, I mean, and like I said, I'm an 80s baby, so I'm still not even the, the real bad era. Like before me was Brandon Sudgen, Trevor Gillies. Like yeah. I had just missed those guys. And and those guys both, I'd went to camp before I got drafted, at like a little rook, you know, camp for, for draftees from your agent. And both those guys were there. Awesome guys. Took time. I mean, totally would spend 20 minutes after practice working on me. But, I mean, Trevor Gillies, if you just look at his picture – 
alone with the Fu Manchu. I mean, he was out there. He would intimidate the big. I mean, he was such a. He's his dad did it. He, you know, he comes from a line of enforcers, and he very very good at his job. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was talking about Mike Scroy. Uh, the second year I was there, we we got different coach Tony Curcelli. This was before the suspension. So he came from Springfield, the junior uh, tier two team. And he brought this guy in that kept saying, yeah, the Reaper's coming for you. This fucking Reaper, man. It's fucking right. He can do it. Fucking Mike Scroy. And that was honestly, because like I said, I never had a back and forth till I was never cut open. I was never poor. I was never bleeding. It, it came to a point where I, I grew up, I had braces and I was almost trying to show my mouth because a few of the guys on the team would pull the retainer out with the teeth. And I'm like, that's the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I'd be fighting. I'd be like, come on, switch up to left. Switch lefty. Fucking put up, put my jibs out there trying to get some fucking, like, just wanted like two or three gone to pull a retainer out. And I never was cut. Jeff Paul, one time, I thought he was a righty. And he, he turned left on me. And I remember them shaking a little bit. But I was never like, you know, you see like John Miristy, some of those guys, yeah. the back and forth battles they have. But Mike Scroy was a, I mean, and that wasn't, he wasn't at his prime either. After that, he left and then he went to fight, I mean, Boogeyman, ever, McIntyre. He, I mean, literally, and he's the greatest guy. He's training kids now in Florida, really doing good, giving back. He's a, he's a good MMA fighters too. Yeah. We actually had a guest on the show who fought that McIntyre. Gomesy fought him. Tommy Gomes fought him. Who did? Tom Gomes. He fought McIntyre? Yeah, he fought McIntyre, yeah. And did, like, good. From what I hear, and like I said, it's it's, it's because Mike fought everybody, so he he knows firsthand, and it's two or three times, fought Miristy, Bugard, every McIntyre. He said that he's one of the, I believe, Big Macs, probably, I think he said, hardest puncher, top two. Yeah. They yeah. said it's, just, it's a different level. He even said that, honestly, he said that, that he believes that they're even, you know, he, I don't know if he said they would beat Probert, but it's yeah. just a different size, you know, they're so big and strong with reach. It's just, just like athletes are, you know, changing all together. I noticed too, that you played with Mike Rupp. Yeah. Rupp's a good guy. American kid. I was going to say, there. what was he like when he was here in Windsor? Uh, we, it was a little adjustment for both of us because he came from a high school, a oh, high wow. school hockey, high school hockey in Ohio. So if you can imagine, that's a little bit of adjustment coming to, you know, playing the spits, but He's a first rounder, so he, he got his time. He's a, always a really good player, really good guy. You know, it's uh, kind of quiet, didn't talk much, but obviously that's probably what it takes to go far, mm-hmm. you know, and that he did. Played mm-hmm. for the Rangers, had a good career. Yeah, he did. He played New Jersey too. I think he won the cup there once or twice, yeah. I want to say. He has a, he's actually on the ice. And one of my favorite NHL things, it's it's the five-on-five five brawl between the Rangers and uh, New Jersey. Yeah. They talk, yeah, before the puck drops, they talk. Both teams stop and brawl. Cam Jansen's on there, too. Yeah. Ex-Bitfire. That was right off the face-off. Right off the face-off. It's beautiful. Everyone circled up. Everyone drops the gloves. I think two, uh, the center guy dropped the helmet. I forgot who it was. Uh, New Jersey, it would have been – I forget who it was. But he was cut bad, right? Oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Rupper was in there. I think Bolton was in it. I'm trying to think who the fuck that I think was. Rupper fought Bolton. Rupper did fight Bolton in that. Yes, he did. I wanted to do that. Yeah. Rupper fought Bolton there. He, he could fight too. I mean, he was he's my size. He's six six. But oh, the he, guy he, who the guy who left the ice bleeding was Ryan Carter. Was who left the ice yeah, bleeding? Yeah. 
Yeah. That was a bad cut too, real bad. Um, Rob, before we go into what all like freaking happened there, do you have anything else before we lead into the the big brawl there? Nope. Okay, so it was October 25th, 1998. You were playing a game against Owen Sound. Rideout rocks Sean Avery, crushes him. Big brawl happens, okay? Everybody starts fighting on the ice. So what I want to know is like, through your eyes and you're on the bench and everything, what did you see through your eyes? Is there something that you didn't like that was going on out there that caused you to jump the bench or was it just like, fuck it, I'm done, I'm going? Like, what, what all happened? If you look at it, it's Avery that comes over with a two-hand over Rideout's, over the Rideout's shoulder. He, okay. he comes over there. He jumps the bench, comes over with the two-hand, which, I mean, at that point, I'm still upset, but I, I wasn't going to jump the bench at all still. I, it would have to be some crazy things, and, and you would almost have to, which is what, I, what it leads up to, is that you'd almost have to get help from your coach to jump the bench in a situation like that, which, you know, obviously I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tried to – I didn't tell that to David Branch when I went there just because that's, you know, that was the right thing to do. I didn't want to say it was him, but – he asked me several times if, if Tony had sent me out there, my coach at the time, I'm like, no, no, of course not. But it was just an extra man on the ice. It wasn't, I didn't see much except at the time it was six on five. So even if it was a guy that was, you know, had two penalty minutes and it was a six on five, someone was going to have to go out there. You know, now was someone going to have to go out there and sucker punch a Russian from the side and do a Steve Austin? No, but someone had to go out there to at least make it even. I probably took it a little extreme. Yeah. And I, you know how many times I've had a coach pin me on a bench? Like, you know what I mean? Like trying, like, you're not the only one that's been, you know, in that situation. And the funniest thing too, is if Sean Avery's swinging a stick like that, how does, I think he got, I think, what do I have a note here? Avery got eight games out of it. Yeah. Well, the next day, so after that happened, my coach called me at the time, me, the owner, Steve Riolo went up to see David Branch in Toronto. So we go up there, we drive up there in the morning, and I'm still thinking nothing of it. It's a fucking fight. At yeah. the year before, Jesse Bullaris for Plymouth had two-handed Bootlin, I believe, in the face. Baseball swing his face. I, I want to say, he. I mean, there was some type of – I know he crushed in his face, maybe orbital. Serious injuries. Two-handed, behind the net, yeah. turnaround, two-handed swing, in the face. And he was back playing. So I'm like, obviously, it's, it's not going to be – I don't know why they're doing this. So we go up to Toronto. <clears throat> I go on the meeting with them. And again, just lack of discipline by me probably and a big fucking head. But he asked me what my job was. And I'm like, it's, it's to strike fear in opponents. I'm like, he jumped. We had six guys out there. And Avery, obviously, he made it to the NHL for a reason, being an adjective. The guy, I, I don't know if he was drafted high, but I know that he wasn't drafted enough for the millions of dollar contract he got. Mm-hmm. But with Matt Cook, if you can agitate, he, those are literally the two worst you know, shit talkers getting under your skin that I've been around and Avery was even worse, I think. So yeah, once, once I told him that and was kind of talking like a, you know, kind of like a, an asshole, the branch, he completely looked in my face, shook my hand. I hugged the guy. I thought he was like a fucking uncle. Hey yeah. Dave, I'll see you later. It's fucking great. Go home cramped in this little fucking like a, a Mazda Miata. I don't even know. My coach had like a fucking two door. I'm sitting in the back, like a fucking, you know, cargo coming from china i and we get home everything's good so i show up at the arena the next day and i'm thinking this is fucking awesome and there's a little there's a restaurant right across from the old barn not the not yeah. the new place but the old yeah. barn we go get ham and cheeses there yeah. great guy so i'm in there and the coach calls me he goes hey come in the back door so i look outside and i'm like jesus espn 
And I'm like, what the fuck? Hey, what's going on? We were supposed to get Fetter Fetter off at the time. So I'm like, he must have came in there. That's sweet. He's like, just come around the back way. So I go around the back door and he brings me in there, sits me down. I'm like, what, what's going on? He's like, uh, they want to give you a lifetime ban. I'm like, what, what do you mean? For what? What do you, life? He goes, yeah. I go, this, the rest of the year? And he goes, no. He goes, they want you done for life. So I obviously my, my jaws dropped. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, can I play or no? He's like, it's not going to be, a, it's going to be a long time for you can play. Like it's going to be litigation. You're going to go through some shit and, and we're going to have your back, but it is what it is. So from that point on, instantly the trucks were there, all the news shit and started doing that circuit and talking to everyone and uh, getting lawyers. And then from there, it was a year long battle that, that, Yes. culminated with a meeting with every owner of the ohl at some place in toronto and my lawyer my lawyer lawrence greenspun still remember he's only i've never talked to my life except at the fucking place he talked to me a few times before did it for free and was awesome it helped me out with everything was a great lawyer and i went in front of him i literally had to shed a tear i mean my my career at the time was over yeah. and these guys are over here every every owner and then they took a vote. And after that, it was, I had to go through some type of anger management bullshit and fucking community therapy or something. I worked at the, I worked at like the fucking ice rink at the Zamboni driver getting high off the fumes. Just fucking, <laughs> not, you know, nothing, just fucking around. But you had to go through it, had to get letters signed. I remember I go into the, the anger management guy. He's like, well, why are you so angry? I'm like, I'm not angry at all. I'm like, I was laughing the whole time. Right after the thing, we were laughing, you know? Yeah. I guess he gave me a good report. So at the next year, I was allowed back in. And, uh, you know, that's when I got invited to New York Rangers camp. And the head grew even bigger. It wasn't good. <laughs> what that what uh, do, you, do you feel that the Spitfires let you down, like, by not backing you? And, and you know, like, even I the coach saying, you know, I'm the one that fucking sent him, like. Yeah, I think, I think, well, you know, and, and the only thing that would make me feel a little better and it doesn't make me feel better because he was a pretty good guy is that he got let go shortly after too. So they cleaned house. I think it was almost like a much smaller situation, but with any pro athlete, like a Mike Vick, some bullshit, they're just like, we don't want to fucking deal with it. Everyone's going to be, we don't want to deal with it. If I was scoring 40 goals and getting 40 assists, it would be a different story, but you know, I was playing two, three shifts, just a fan favorite. You know, I thought I could have developed a little more, which is what I wanted to do, but I don't think they let me down. No, I think it was, I think it was a good business decision. And it's, you know, they got me a place to play. They didn't have to do that. They went out and went on a limb, made sure I had somewhere in the division that I wanted to stay a little farther than I wanted, but the suit was nice. Now, when you came off the bench and you threw that punch, did you actually land it? Yeah, I landed it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, good. No, I didn't feel. I've never even landed any two or three punches I've had where I've had surgery in my hand. I've only felt, but I mean, it was the side of the helmet had his helmet wasn't off. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, and he was up fine. I heard he may have had some vision issues. Never, never have it have I confirmed it or, or heard more about it. Mm -hmm. But I feel even worse for the kid I chased. Honestly, because he was getting death threats. I want to say he almost quit hockey is what I heard, but, but he was a high draft pick too. Yeah. So yeah, after that, I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, You're never going to be able to roast anyone in the locker room. Yeah. You can't say any words ever. You just got to be a mute for the rest of your career if you're going to play. Mm -hmm. But he shouldn't, I wasn't even going after him. 
I was just clearing the ice, you know, I was just skating around, clearing the ice. Sinisak was still fighting and he just saw me and I guess he, you know, jumped to conclusions literally and took off. Yeah. Oh, that was insane, man. Like he, he wanted no part. Like you could tell that he was straight up scared. Like it's actually a meme. It's like when you're something about a goon, when a a goon hasn't had a fight in a little bit and it's me fucking chasing the guy around. It's great. (laughs) You're in fucking memes now for fuck's sake. Yeah. It doesn't much. I just feel that you didn't get a good, like, like, I think you got kind of messed around on that just because I feel that you were judged on the whole situation based on how large of a guy you are, not based on like, there was no, there was no fucking injuries. No, you didn't hear anything else about anybody else leaving the bench. Yeah. I left everything on the bench. I was made an example of, I was, first of all, I was, you know, this is the way I looked at it. I was six foot six, an American kid that told the commissioner I'm there to strike fear in people. And you have people with kids that are talented as hell that are thinking, where do I want them to go? College or the OHL? Uh, should we send them to OHL? I don't know what's going on in the OHL. Well, there's a fucking runaway fucking six foot six guy doing the Steve Austin fucking guns after he just fucking blinded some guy. Mm-hmm. Or we can send him to college where he can get an education, wear a full shield and fucking, you know. Yeah, go fair to- enough, yeah. So, so it, it is what it is. It, it's a different... I was made for the OHL. I would I wouldn't have survived two weeks of college. I was made for the OHL mm-hmm. or right. WA. Oh, you guys! Uh, I was just gonna say, you guys went in. You did all the freaking appeal and all that shit too, right? Yep. Yeah, I feel it worked out too. Like I said, but they they waited till the next year. So I just I sat out a year, pretty much, which was my draft year, which yeah. isn't probably not the year you want to sit out. No. Even if I would have got 15 points. I mean, and the funny thing is, I told you about those two points in one game. Well, that was at the end of my first season. So I was on a fucking goal streak <laughs> coming into the next season. That was the last game of the year well, against oh, London. Fuck. And, and I don't know if the record for at, when you shoot the puck, how many skates it hits before it goes in. But I remember there was a two, the goal was a two-on-one. I mean – Jason player coming off the wing shot it. Every guy in the fucking building fell. And I mean, <laughs> it, there's no way I could, it, it hit my stick as hard as it could. I just stood there and fucking bounced in. Then the assist, I remember I took a slap shot. And it was like a ping pong game. It was 17 people. I broke two blades and then end up fucking coming out to the side. And that guy went in and I acted like I fucking planned it. I was like, shoot my gun here and shit. <laughs> Riding the stick down there. But like I said, it's, <laughs> People, hey, the, fans, the fans in Windsor loved it. At the old barn, I don't know, obviously you were there, but what a what an atmosphere. What a great yeah. atmosphere. Well, they, the, the fans were basically right on top of you, you know, like uh, I it, it was an, it's an awesome arena to go to. I loved going there, the old barn. Me too. I was, I was going to fight in Windsor. I was going to come back and fight. I actually came to do weigh-ins. Um, I forgot what gym it was. I couldn't end up getting the license. It was too close to the time to get the license, but I thought I was fighting at the barn. They're like, yeah, the Windsor Arena. So I'm all excited. I'm going to fight the fucking barn. I'm like, this is this is an old place. And sure enough, they had just built the Windsor uh, Credit Financial Center. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, it's a half-hour drive into the city. <laughs> in the country. I'm like. Ah. Well, that would made you even matter. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like the barn's right off the, right out of the tunnel. It's perfect. Yeah. Now, you were supposed to fight Blake, Blake Nash, Nash, right? Yeah. I, I went to high school with Blake. Did you really? Yeah, great guy. Yeah, he's he's had a few fights. I went there. We didn't there do like a media day. It's actually on YouTube as well. I'm in there talking shit about fighting. And he, uh, 
I went in first. I forgot. I think it was maybe Albert Mady's gym, Windsor guy. Yeah. But uh, I went there, did mine. Then I was, I was coming out. Blake was coming in. Nice guy. Sat there, talked to him for a second. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, it never panned out. And I was pretty upset because I didn't want people to in fight, in fight if you don't show for a fight. Obviously, it's a, you know, yeah. a, a scrape against your uh, thing. So I wanted to make it real clear that that uh, it was definitely was licensing issues. But I was really excited. I was excited yeah. to come back. You fought fucking... Uh, you butter? Fought, yeah, you fought fucking Butterbee. Yeah, yeah, How did butter. you land that fight? Uh, my whole MMA career, literally, my, I had a buddy, Mike Klein, and his uncle was a promoter over here. It just became legal. Um, I mean, Wild West, where, where literally they're pulling guys out of the crowd. Like a jean short cutoffs, you slide the cup right in your boxers. And just... <laughs> Literally out of the crowd. If you could get up there, it was absolutely ridiculous. So the first fight I remember them, he called me, said, hey, you're fighting, you're fighting Friday. That was my first fight. And this is amateur. So I had two or three amateurs. And then this came up. This had just came pro. He's like, uh, you want to fight Butterbean Friday? It was a Wednesday. And I swear, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, no, I don't want to fight. I'm, I've been smoking everything. I'm like, I wouldn't. He's like, they're not going to test you. Don't worry. It's just getting, I'm like, they're not going to test me. <laughs> Let me think about it. I'm like, I'm going to throw a number because you weren't getting shit for fights. You're getting like five, maybe 500, 600. I'm like, Butterbean, you know, give me, I go, give me, I should have said a bigger number, like an asshole. I'm like, give me 1,500. He's like, all right, done. He's like, I'll have a guy picking you up tomorrow. I'm like, whoa, 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 1,500. I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been smoking. He goes, don't stop smoking. If you stop doing anything, it's going to fuck up your sleep routine. It's going to fuck up everything. I go, so just keep doing it. Swear to God, I didn't have a car at the time. This is how bad I was doing. He had a guy pick me up, a little chubby Indian guy. He picked me up and he took me to do my pupil dilation test to make sure I didn't have like brain damage for getting there. Jesus. I'm driving around with him. He has a bowl packed in the middle of the car. The promoter, he's going, hey, I got this for you. Hit this. I'm going, before the brain test? He's like, yeah, calm me down. I'm like, oh, I better fucking, hopefully I finish him quick because if Butterbean beats me in a fucking battle of attrition, I'll fucking, I will leave the country. <laughs> cardio battle but he was a he was a really nice guy and they kind of gave him a shit end of the stick they took they're like uh they're, we're putting you against this guy he has no idea how to wrestle he just throws bombs and and first thing i did is take him down i wrestled in high school I you know, it. yeah my boy wrestled like I, i've you know where i'm from has like a pretty big wrestling background so I, i'm fairly you know i, I played that plan the whole time mm -hmm. nice so, so after back, back to the hockey, after mm -hmm. uh, Branch gave you your assessment, it, it was originally 25 games, right? Uh, I no, I believe it was uh, the, I believe it was the full season all, right off the bat. I don't believe it was originally 25 games. I, I think that's what we wanted, but it was a uh, lifetime ban was, it was the original. They, he didn't hand down the, my, unless he handed it down before my suspension was only handed down after I had that meeting with him. So, like I said, it was, it was a shocker for, I don't remember any 25 games. For, for yeah, said, just something I, I found on the internet. Like it said, originally uh, branch, uh, it was handing down a 25 game suspension later revised the lifetime ban, which uh, ended up taking over the, the whole thing. Yeah. Unless he was planning on doing that. And he, he may have said that because, I mean, he's honestly, even you talk about Mike Hansen. I still talk to him. I still keep in touch with him. Who's also another absolutely great human being and one of the hardest heads and, and toughest guys around. He came from Sarnia. He was a real tough guy, but 
he uh fuck i forgot what i was gonna say about him son of a bitch <laughs> fucking stink he's a, he's a nice, <laughs> he was a nice guy <laughs> when we were talking uh, about branch and uh the assessment and then i think you were saying something about oh, him oh like even till this day people still uh, ohl guys windsor guys fuck david branch like he I don't think there's very few hockey guys that think he's done a lot for the OHL or appreciate what he's done as far as like taking, I mean, he, he wants it to be pretty much just European hockey. He doesn't yeah. want, he's just, he's been like that since the beginning. And, you know, besides that, he's been in the position for how long uh, there, there, cause there's so many other guys that played hockey that, that were younger, that could have been fuck. I think helped the OHL a little bit more, but. Yeah. Well, he's more for the owners, like, you know, Gary Bett. Right. Not much for the players. He's more for the owners. Right. Right. And, and you, you know what you're signing up for. It's not, you're, you're not, it's not, you know, the, the guys going to the OHL know exactly what they're signing up for. All the guys that are going back and forth, college of the OHL, you know exactly what you're getting. School is right. going to be a minimum for school. For me, I never, I never went to school in the OHL mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. It was, you know, hockey's your life. It's about hockey right. pretty much. See, I think that the OHL should have the same kind of thing as the NHL does with your, uh, you know, they have the uh, one guy that hands out the, the suspensions and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like uh, Brendan Shanahan was one of them at one time. And then uh, who was the other one? The other tough guy, uh, per- Peros? Yeah, it's George. I, I think. Peros, yeah. You know, th- th- I think the OHL should have something like that. Not where it, it's, it's a business decision because a lot of times these guys were tough guys that end up, getting that job right i think brian burke originally took the job first and then he took a successor and he took brendan shanahan you know which he knew what kind of hockey player he was he knew what kind of you know what tough guys were he knew how important the enforcer was and how important your goal scorers are you know to make the game a balance absolutely absolutely i mean sales for a minute there i mean this was a while ago but i remember it was like the rodeo and hockey it was hurting for a minute I mean, now it's getting back in the limelight, the NHL now, but even to be honest with you now, I'm not, I'm, I like it and I watch it, especially the Rangers because that, you know, that's what I went to training camp with. And I watch the wings and stuff too, but I mean, the, the, the third, the third period, if there's a three, three goal, you know, if there's a three goal lead with a minute or two left, I used to be glued to the TV, you know, but now there's probably, you know, three or four heavyweights in the league. And like I said, when I was working for Comcast for a left, I was actually doing some places with the new wings and I'm not, not, not going to name their names, but I would show up. And honestly, the girl there would be like, yeah, that's, that's uh, so-and-so that's him. And you gotta be shitting me. I thought, I mean, it looked, it honestly looks like a eighth grade Swedish guy. <laughs> yeah. Like no, sandals on oh. no face. I'm like, I just don't, you know, it's just a whole different Back then, the guys literally no every every guy had beautiful white teeth. When I was around, there was you know three teeth on the team. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's just a different. It's a different too from marketing too. People people that don't love hockey, just like with fighting, MMA, you know, boxing not so much, but MMA. If you don't hate violence and you don't you don't even know MMA, you're still going to be attracted to it because it's a fight. Yeah, right. You know? There's so. there's been a lot of fighting this year in the fucking NHL, but I think it's because now they're yeah. like. Like you're playing three, four games sometimes against the same team and all in a row. So everybody's getting sick of each other, right? I see that. I see that. Uh, I like, I mean, th- there is some stuff there, but I mean, like, you know, there's a few guys in there I can name, but I can't even name the, the top heavyweight or like, the, the most, the scariest enforcer in the league. 
I have no idea who who it would be or I'd probably I mean, have to go Ryan Reeves is probably who I would, I would say, probably yeah. say Ryan I go I go with Chara. Yeah. Well, yeah, always I remember coming up when, when they're like, yeah, there's a guy in the Western League that if you played him, you would have to fucking go him. He's a fucking giant. And it was him. He wasn't it wasn't a huge fighter, but if he grabs you with the reach, you know, just like any tall guy with a reach, if he can hold you out there, it's gonna be fucking, you know, dangerous. Like you were saying, yeah. the guys Andy Burnham for, from Windsor. The day before a ride out, they, they both uh, both guys played for Plymouth. So we were playing Plymouth. And I remember I'm talking, like, listen, you know, you're fighting, you're fighting right out and Burnham. Both guys, the only two fucking rookies I was supposed to fight, Burnham's about 6'5, right outs, strong as shit. I mean, body like a he man, you know, yeah, he's big guy. Jacked. Yeah. So, oh, and just always ready to go, always ready, you know, angry at the time, ready to drop his mittens. It, we warm up, and they're on the other side, literally. Right before the game, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to go right out first. I'll do it off the draw. They both come in our locker room. They got traded in the warm-up. <laughs> they got traded in the warm-up. I'm like, another time, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. I'm lucking out. Yeah. Like every, every time we're going to a game, like, oh, it's like Oglethorpe, you know? Is Ogie there? Oh, he's not in the lineup. And every time they would be in the lineup, last minute, he fucking broke his toe. I'm like, fucking beautiful. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> a fucking shopping cart deal. The what? The old fucking shopping oh, cart deal where you wheel yeah. out of one room into the other. Everything. And then you go places like I never played on the road trips. Like, uh, what was it? Peterborough. They had a guy named Bob Crummer. He's literally 5'9 and fought everybody lefty, hurt people. And like, I, I didn't I never play against him. Ottawa I never played. But, you know, if I fight someone like that, I have so much to lose. He catches me. You know, it's going to look fucking, that's a highlight reel. If that's, if there was memes back then, that would have been a meme. If a five foot nine guy put me to sleep with the <laughs> overhand left, you know, that's so there was a lot of fighting little guys like that was always scary. Cause you just, you have so much to lose. Well, plus those guys who are shorter have that low center of gravity. We had Tim Sinisak from, uh, I forgot where he's from. from. I actually literally just messaged him about, coming on the pod too oh yeah amazing man tim said it looks like uh, lou ferrigno but about five eight <laughs> yeah five eight lou ferrigno we call him we used to call him louis drags knuckles everyone same thing <laughs> one of the harder pads fought every fucking guy in the league six foot eight fighting guys on our own team oh yeah hey buddy i'm from a bug yeah. that's all i would ever say fucking a bug yeah. you gave that guy 10 million said pick your dream home it's building a bug i don't care yeah, 100% he would. 100% he would. Great guy, though. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he's in Tennessee now, I think. Yeah. Talk to him once in a while, too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome guy. Um, So if you had to pick right now, Jeff, if you had to pick right now based on what you've seen, who's going to win the cup this year? I like I like Pittsburgh a lot. I saw Pittsburgh play the other night, and with Sydney back, I mean, I know no matter what you think of them, I mean, it was almost like a video game. Mm -hmm. The way they passed the puck, and I mean, they looked really, really good. They were playing Washington too, so, okay. but but they they are moving the. I mean, goal after goal, overs hitting on all their bets. If you look at Pittsburgh, their overs hit a lot. Like they score that many goals. I like Vegas too. My buddy's out in Vegas. My buddy Jamie, he from Michigan. And he now he's out there, loves the wings, diehard, and now just completely brought his love for hockey to Vegas. I mean, he's been waiting. He's been out in the desert, actually. It's in Prump. It's like 40 minutes from Vegas, waiting for the Golden Knights, and he's fucking gun ho big time. Oh, yeah. Loves them, yeah. 
but he only loves them when Fleury's in net. Mm -hmm. Rob, you got to ask him our famous question. Hit him with it. Let's see how long it takes him to, to answer it. Well, he only would have heard it what once in the OHL. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Jeff. What do you say? <laughs> I said you only would have heard it once in the OHL. <laughs> but it's uh, if you if you had uh, you know all the baseball players have walk up music for uh, when they come to bat. What would your goal scoring song been? I would probably do something funny like fucking. Uh, you know, Lady Lumps by Fergie. <laughs> something, something just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> something like a fucking opera song. I don't know. I love. I, if it was serious, it would probably be like you know some type of rap or, or maybe you know something, something to do with rock. Bass get the place yeah. jumping a bit. When I fought Butterbean, it's funny because he only comes out to Sweet Home Alabama because he's from Jasper, Alabama. So the day before, we're at weigh-ins. I, I show up to the fucking weigh-ins and he's there. I mean, looks like a guy selling corn on the side of the street. He, I guess he'd put all his money in roadside barbecue and it went bankrupt. Oh. So he's sitting there, he's talking to me. I weigh in. I have one buddy with me. He weighs in. The scale maxes out. I, I look at it. Scale, boom, all the way maxes out. And I see him whispering, whispering. It goes to 400. And they're, and they're like, all right, they made up. They're like, 418. I'm like, dude, shook hands. Nicest guy. So the next day I show up. And it was such short notice. I told you it was a Wednesday. I didn't even, my one buddy who trained me hated the promoter. They had some feud. He did not, he couldn't go. He was banned. I showed up with like a bag. I looked like a nomad in a fucking movie, knocking on the door. I swear to God, security goes, hey, come on, keep it moving, buddy. I'm like, no, I'm here to fight in the main event. He goes, get out of here. I'm going to call him. I'm really going to call the cops. I look like a fucking, you know, a hobo. I just had a bag and a fucking pair of basketball shorts. I'm like, ah, call him because I need to get in. I got to get dressed. Yeah. Over, yeah. So, so I literally had no one. I met two guys there that were MMA guys, you know, pretty big stars, you know, at the time in Michigan. Walked out with me and helped me out. But, yeah, luckily it ended in like 41 seconds. Yeah, I was going to say, you ended that shit quick. Yeah, so it is. <laughs> so real quick before we're, we're done here. So what do you do now? Like I said, I was with Xfinity for a while as a sales manager over there. And uh, I think it was probably in July, we got an email, just by email, everything let go. So we were supposed to come back in September, supposed to be October. So as of now, it, if I something doesn't happen soon, I'm just going to go into an outline of sales because that's that's really what I'm good at talking and you know, a few solar things I want to get into. Right now, I've been doing a lot of trading, doing market shit, learning like that. I love it. And uh, my boy plays basketball right now. He's really big into that. So I'm helping coach the team and doing extra training. Got, he's going to a pretty prestigious Catholic school next year. So trying to get him ready for that and uh, get in shape myself. Got a, a game for the weight over. I mean, you know, like in the almost in the threes, like baby elephant. <laughs> Baby, oh. Fuck off. Are, you, are you playing any hockey at all or involved with any kind of hockey i haven't put skates on in 14 years wow. and just recently i have a few buddies because the, the lake froze so they're like come out and skate come out and skate and i'm like thinking about it and i got i got the old ccm like i don't know how old you guys are but the old ccm with the with the white okay. white heel lock yeah. i mean if you pick up a skate now, and I have, a, I have six size 16s, so literally I have to get the rivets fixed. I'm so fucking big. I bend it after like two seasons. The rivets actually will bend. You know, it's so heavy. Uh, so I get them fixed. So I'm thinking, man, I just want to make sure the ice is fully frozen. 
Yeah. <laughs> Act goon goes through, and with those things on, there's no fucking way. They're 25 pounds each. Yeah, if I had my old coho and the two fucking CCMs, that's like 240 pounds of fucking gear. And my furlin gloves, I'm dead. I'll go right to the bottom, dude. Yeah, those skates are old school. The ones with like the white stripe up the heel kind of thing. Is that the yeah. one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. You probably don't even know them. They had like the white, yeah, white heel lock, and they were just stacked. They had white blades. And now, like, I want to go do some stuff. I'm starting to do stuff, but sticks nowadays. I, I mean, absolutely. You're talking about like 300, 400 bucks a stick. Oh, I'll never crazy. pay that much for a stick, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't, they're 200 minimum. That one, one slash and you're done with that stick. <laughs> oh, yeah. My dad, used to, my dad used to get a dozen woods, a dozen woods, sure woods, you know, shit like that. But, but uh, I plan on getting back soon. It's especially this winter. I'll probably skate in the next three or four months. I have buddies playing all the time, beer league. Out of all the shit I ever did, pro hockey, pro box, pro MMA, I had, I had hand surgery from hockey, fighting Kyle Defoe. And no surgery. I've had uh, ACL replacement and lower back surgery from playing pickup basketball oh. with like, like like kids bar league, you know, bar league basketball and kids. So I've been pretty healthy with injuries. So uh, even if I can get in a league with some guys, some bullshit league, I'll probably do that soon too. The last time I played, though, I swear to God, I played when I was. Quick story though, I played this when I was uh, suspended. Bob Duff. I don't know if you know him. I don't know. His, he may, I don't know if he's around or what he's doing, but he worked for the Windsor Star. Yeah, Bob Duff, yeah. Bob Duff, yeah. And uh, we became such good friends because he would talk to me after the games. He actually had a guy, uh, when I was not skating, because I tried to go to Nova Scotia and play. I tried to go, I, there's, there was three different times where I said, oh, I'm going to go to fucking Quebec. I'm like, I had my shit packed. Like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to Quebec, guys. We have a going away party. As soon as I'm ready to go, they're like, uh, the Quebec now respects the CHL's ruling. I tried to play in, on Junior B in the States in some place in Lakeland, Michigan. Go to play the day before the game. I was so out of shape. When I tell you that I looked like fucking Happy Gilmore, it's an understatement. Happy Gilmore was like Federoff compared to me. <laughs> uh, and the day before the game, they called and they called me. Same thing. They're going to hold up the you know, just because Branch said it everywhere. Western League, uh, Nova Scotia, some island. Like, we're going to hold it up because David Branch, we got to respect them. It's kind of like, you know, like you said. The owners are in this union of, of friends. It's almost like we're going to back everyone and no matter what. So I couldn't play anywhere. So Bob Duff would have me come to Windsor. I forgot what arena was and skate with a bunch of old dudes, pick up hockey, bullshit. And just going, I, I'm just bullshit and just trying to get my hands, work around, get a sweat. It was like eight, nine in the morning. So I would get up at seven and drive there. And some fucking little fat Italian guy, every time he fucking head down, gunning it as fast as he can right into my gut i'm actually back and like whoa, whoa whoa whoa, trying to back up hits me and falls and he's following me around for about 20 minutes fucking hacking me there's an older guy <laughs> and bob like and, and i forget his name like mario or tony like tony don't fucking do it and he's like no fuck him bob i'm like guy i didn't i tried to hold you up i was holding you i almost fell with you he's like no fuck that bob and the whole time he's coming after me and it was like an hour i'm like bob i'm trying you know i don't want to I'm on suspension. If the fucking paper sees this, Google on a fucking year off beats up fucking an old Italian guy. I fucking grabbed him. I remember his wife and kid were right over with low boards and they're like, that's my dad. And I'm like, damn, damn it. Stop it, man. What's wrong with you? I had to like talk sense to him. I never talked sense to him. But yeah, so I don't even, 
like if I play pickup, who knows if there's a fucking another young guy out there that's like six four, I may you know if there's, if there's a video camera out there, I may ask him to go buckets off. Yeah, I'll sign you, you up. You, my you couldn't do that. You couldn't yeah. do that now. There's so many cameras. Yeah, I'd love to come over the border and play. What about golf? Do you golf? My boy does. He's really good at it. I'm horrible at it. I actually another funny story. Windsor asked me one time because I was a fan favorite at the time to uh, to play in a golf outing, a three man golf outing. So I, I was uh, I, I've only played literally golf probably seven eight times in my life. So it was a uh, I forgot I forgot how it went it was Scrabble Scrabble golf outing. So we go to a nice this real real nice fucking golf course in Windsor. Leguan's in it. Adam Graves is there everybody's there so they're actually picking i don't know if they picked or they picked out of a hat it was three guys fourth guy was a celebrity so-called like the three guys that got me thought they had fucking got tiger woods they thought holy shit they're like google they're high-fiving they're like you must kill the ball i'm like you guys you're not gonna be happy to hear this guy I, I had uh, fucking nike shoes because my uncle who's in my exact size golfs and has all the shit so i came there with like a big bertha i looked like i was on the tour and these guys are like, oh, fucking right. We're in. There's all these prizes. And sure, I'm like, guys, I, I hate to break this to you. I've never golfed a day in my life. Uh, you're like on a court, you know, 18 holes. You're like, <laughs> they're laughing. They're like, Cougs, stop fucking around. Go at her. And the first time I hit it, I remember I took out about three and a half feet of grass. And they all look <laughs> at each other and go, he never fucking golfed. They fucking they go, motherfucker, we got Kugel. I'm like, hey, guys. And, and sure enough, that was the year when I came back. And Tom Webster, who, who was, came from New York, was our coach at the time. And so he had just been put – he was just there, new coach. We had already had issues. I came back from New York with even a bigger head. And he was, like, the cart behind me. So we're moving, moving. And my boys, you know, we had been drinking and, you know, smoking cigars, smoking everything. And he was right behind us. And like I said, after that, it was shortly after where I ended up moving to, uh, to the Sioux. <laughs> Fuck, man. hey but if everything well opens up if we can finally get some like normalcy rob and i with a lot of our guests rob and i want to play golf so, i'd love to i'd me. love to i'll, I'll get good it's gonna take it's gonna take probably two months three months to everything open up by that time i could at least get a decent i mean you guys are probably pretty good but no i'm horrible dude oh fucking great then I just have a few beers and have a few cigars, shall we say, while I'm, out, while I'm out on the course. And that's what I like doing, man. Oh, I got gear. Yeah, I'm down to do that as, as soon as that, like I said, whenever it opens up, even skating once in a while, I'm always, I'm down to do all that. Maybe I can figure something out with Rob and we can do a little thing for the 73s tourney. And maybe we can, like, Rob makes a foursome and I make one with guests that 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 we've had and we'll do like head to head with our teams you got to get someone that's that you know is shitty though i'm not going to be the shitty i'm not going to be the, the guy out there you got to get like a, <laughs> a guy with one leg or something, someone, <laughs> you know, something. So I, i'm not going to be that guy i don't care i won't do it dude i i broke a fucking hundred once in my life once oh you say that yeah fucking ask rob <laughs> all right fucking terrible bro right. I, I got terrible. gear man as long as i look the part i'm good 
I got the I got empty shoes and a big bertha. That's all I know. <laughs> I only bring one club and a pair of shoes. That's like that's a, I carry it over my back. No, but I'd love to. Man. I'd be totally down. Yeah, we're down for sure. But it's a lot man, of fun. We gotta say thank you so much, bro. This has been fucking fantastic, man. This has been oh, great. Man. Fucking great. I appreciate you guys, and uh, you know, stay in touch, and hopefully, we'll talk again. Yeah, for yeah sure, we bro. wish you all the best with uh, what's going on with your life. And, you know, hopefully you do get called back for your job and everything. And, uh, you know, and, yeah. and your fucking son, good luck to him too, doing all the basketball stuff. Good luck. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. He found uh, as long as it's something I care less if he's playing the flute or, you know, whatever it is, as long as he likes to do something and he's not sitting at home, quote unquote, chilling or, you know, just <laughs> not on his ass, something like that. That's all I care about. So great. Gaming, video yeah. gaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how they do those games. I can't get through one game. I can't go, I can only go left or right, like old Mario Brothers. I just disappointed. Yeah. I can't get a headache as soon as we start gaming, but. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, man. All right, Jeff. Thanks, brother. Yeah, you guys be safe, right? All right, you too, bro. Okay. And there he is, folks. Mr. Jeff Kugel. That guy is a monstrosity of a guy. What a beaut, though. Yeah. You know, like, I thought he was going to be, like, kind of like this arrogant kind of, you know what, but he wasn't at all, man. You know, most of those big dudes, they don't, they don't need to be. Everybody's already afraid of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how intimidating would that be? Six foot six guy walking in. And then the size that he is, like, what did he say? He's a small elephant right now. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I weigh like a beast. Yeah. He was a fucking great guy, man. I really enjoyed yeah. talking to him. Um, he's going to actually come on here again at some point because we like, seriously, we hardly scratch the surface with him. So I just want to give a big shout out to Jeff and just say thank you for, you know, coming on the show. And he's got some hookups for us too that we're not going to name names, but he's got some like hookups. So fucking buckle up people. Let's put it that way. So big shout out to Jeff on that one. I just wanted to say one thing about, about that interview. Like you got to figure this kid, he was 17 years old. And if you look it up on YouTube, you can see what happened. Yeah. And uh, did, you know, did, did he make a mistake and punching that kid in the head? Yeah, sure. Okay. But he was 17 years old as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the OHL to basically just fucking dirt ball his career you know, he could have he could have had potential going somewhere. He could have had potential doing somewhere. But remember, people, he was a he was a guy that sat on the bench that got two shifts a game, and that was just to go out and protect the star players. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then the league shits on him instead of getting him the help he 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 needs. Mm-hmm. You know, like or even if he does need the help, or is it the coach's fault for fucking giving him the taps on the shoulder to go out and beat the hell out of somebody? Well, it's not even that, too. David Branser, he's like, we were hugging in the, like, meeting and shit, like, shooting the shit. Yeah, as <laughs> Uncle Davey said. Yeah, he's like, then I get a ban. So, I don't know. It was crazy, man. But what a great interview. What a great guy. Yeah. Well, that was just my opinion on it. I, th- I think the kid got, like, when he was a kid, he got hosed on that. Yeah, deal. fucking right he did. There's guys that have done way worse and got less. So yeah. Well, he mentioned about that guy crushing that guy's face with the stick. Yeah. What did he get? Five, eight games? Mm-hmm. And he gets, he, gets tw- he, get, he gets 25 first and then a life ban. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I don't get it. Neither do I. Ridiculous. Um, that being said... We were just actually talking about Marc-Andre Fleury. 
So do you think that there's a shot that he finishes his career back with his old team there in Pittsburgh? Uh, well, anything's possible, right? I, I just think what they'll they'll do again because he's he's hot as hell right now. Yeah. And they're riding him. They're using him just like they did last year. And then come playoff time, you know, uh, what was it? Leitner? 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 Leonard? Leonard? Leonard. Yeah. He's sitting there all fresh, ready to go come playoff time, and he steals the spotlight from him. You know, the, the guy the guy works his ass off to get you into the playoffs and then you shit on him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'd like to see him in Toronto. Bye, Freddie. Of course you would. <laughs> bye, bye Freddie. Of course you would. Also, um, James Neal. The Oilers waved him. Do you think he'll end up somewhere else? Uh, that, that's that's a big uh, maybe, you know. Um with his contract right now at what it's set. So they put him on waivers. Nobody picked him up. Mm-hmm. His contract right now to pay him out for the rest of this year is 5.75 million. Wow. And on top of that next year, he's got another 5.75 million to go with that. Jeez. And he's not, you know what I mean? He's not playing very well. He doesn't have, I what did they say? Eight games, like two goals. Mm-hmm. four assists I, i'm just i'm just speculating like i looked at it but i can't remember exactly it wasn't it wasn't in double digits or anywhere close to that yeah but for five five almost six million yeah and you don't even have eight goals you think he'll end up somewhere else in the league i don't i don't maybe know be like a maybe come playoff risk, time low risk high reward type deal I think he needs uh he needs to be reborn again, you know, like like Simmons Simmons there. Mm-hmm. You know, like he turned his total freaking career around, I think, when he came into Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of Toronto, Toronto had a trade just recently. Yeah, they yeah, they got uh that Galchenyuk, um okay. Ottawa and Ottawa and the Hurricanes traded a few players. Galchenyuk went to Carolina. It was uh, Ottawa sent Cedric Pocket and Galchenyuk to Carolina for uh, Dezingle. And then, so he's going back to Ottawa. He's already had a stint there before. So Dezingle was there. Yeah, he's already had one there in Ottawa. He's already played there before. And then it turned out the Leafs then made a move and they picked up What's his name again there from? Galchenyuk? Yes, they got him from Carolina. Right. That's how it all went. It was a, it was a weird trade, but it was like a, he got traded there and then he didn't even go there and it was like, come to Toronto. So it was kind of like that. Well, he's been traded traded uh, th- three times in two days. Yeah. Or two times in three days. And he's also been traded five times in the last four years. Well, yeah, he's... He's bouncing around a little bit right now. While we're on the topic of the lease, what the fuck happened last night? Okay, like hold on. I, I got a couple more things about uh, Galchenyuk. Yeah. He he only makes one point one million. His very first year when he was, uh, I think he was. I want to say I don't know if it was. It must have been his rookie year, but but he was playing in the minors and then he came up and played mm-hmm. uh, for the Habs. He got thirty goals and fifty six points at twenty at age twenty one. Wow. So. 
there's potential there. And that's a pretty good pickup for the lease at 1.1. And if this guy can turn it around, you know, like low risk, high, high reward, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on a line with Marner and Matthews. Tell me he's not going to fucking be buzzing when he goes out there. Well, and the Leafs have had 18 different guys in their lineup so far. Mm-hmm. So they're really, they're really uh, searching for that right. You know what I mean? And they're also first place in the NHL too, I believe. Yeah, they didn't fucking look it in the third period last night. Though. That's what I was just going to say to you. Like, they had a complete fucking meltdown last night. So, the Leafs are up 5-1 and then gave up five straight goals, lost in overtime. The part that I guess you could say that at least they got a point, you could say, kind of. But still, to blow a fucking four-goal lead and to lose in overtime is tough. Tough. Tavares gave up a huge pizza. Huge mm. pizza. But Freddie Anderson was trying to clear the puck, but he pulls it down at the blue line, drops it down. The puck ends up going, and they get a shot. Puck ends up going in a corner. Tavares picks it up and saucers one out in front. Well, I want to say, I don't know if it was a defenseman or the forward pinches in and, and just goes and scores. And I'm just right, like, what? Right, and, uh, right to him type deal. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Um, but. Maybe maybe get them a little bit off their high horse, a little bit of bite of reality, and uh, you know now you got Ottawa again. I bet I, I'll I'll put the house on it that they bury them on Wednesday. Yeah, probably because they play Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday against Montreal again. Oh, do they? Damn. Um. So real quick, Stephen Stamkos had to go on the COVID protocol lists but they think that it's a false fucking positive so why do they keep getting these false positive it seems to be a thing as of late but he is out where he was or is out with a day-to-day injury as well too so we'll have to just keep an eye on it but i haven't really they keep sending the test to dr nick yeah like i don't know what the hell's going on man so many f- fucking false positives yeah. Dr. Nick from The Simpsons. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. (laughs) Nick. You're fine. You had something on Chicago. Yeah, Chicago uh, joined with uh, Toronto, and I want to say it was Edmonton, for the PWHPA Women's Hockey League promote helping them promote their their league like mm-hmm. seems like a, a lot of these uh, nhl teams are starting to back back the girls which is which is awesome to hear oh yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's just a matter yeah. of time yeah it's gonna happen like that would be really cool if if windsor got a, a girl, girls pro team like how awesome would that be i'd hit up a couple I'd, go see that. I'd go see that for sure sometimes their games are more exciting yep because they're back. There was one hit. There was one hit. It, it was last week that uh, was all over the internet of that open ice hit on that girl with her head down. Oh, I didn't see it. No hitting in in girls hockey. Like you can, you can, you can rub them out on the boards. You can uh, body the stick. Like you can check the stick. You know, like you can you can do shit like that. But but. Uh, I guess, I guess from my understanding is there's no uh, checking because women are more susceptible to concussions than men are. How? 
I don't know, softer eggs. I don't know. That's crazy. Maybe you they're, they're skulls they aren't get them as bad them. because like, I'm not being an asshole or anything, but the men are going to hit much harder. Right. So you would think that the like ladies wouldn't get it as bad. Like I'm sure they would get it, but it wouldn't be as bad. Right. Yeah. Considering yep. they're all kind of the same, like size, right. Where the guys are fucking, you could have like a fucking Chara running at like Kessel. You know what I mean? But there are some big girls out there too. And there's some smaller women out there that, that, you know, just wheel around and there's some bigger defensemen that, you know what I mean? Like I imagine it's all the same when it comes yeah. right down to, yeah. you're not going to have every girl be this, this uh, certain size. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. But I, 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 I want to say it has something to do with their, their heads. The maybe, maybe the skulls are uh, thinner. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're a bunch of dummies. So we have to have the thick skulls. Well, yeah, we're a bunch of fucking cavemen. <laughs> um, you, have, you had something on Brian Burke's first trade. Yeah, Brian Burke's first trade was Nick Kiprios, Nick. which was kind of cool. Yeah, they had, like like I said, I was watching that uh, on TSN, and they had, uh, I'm pretty sure they had Kiprios talking to Burke, and they were talking about the very first trade. Oh, I wanted to also bring up uh, Lou Lamarillo got his, 1300th win wow in the nhl that's crazy it is and, and that's that's regular season not playoffs just regular season that guy's been around forever and he's, he's like the godfather of hockey everybody's afraid of him nobody wants to say anything bad about him <laughs> like i don't want to even say anything bad about him on this show who knows <laughs> land in a driveway with a helicopter yeah <laughs> waiting to just punch you out verbally bit <laughs> slap you Gave my mustache and beard off me. Yeah, that'd be fucking funny. Um, <laughs> last thing you had, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. So it turns out that the, the, his problem's been going on for quite a while. Like he went, he went on the in New York, one of the New York uh, newspapers, and uh, was quoted as saying, "You know, like I, I blame myself for all of this. I am a hothead." I um, sometimes can't rein myself in, you know, uh, but he, he, when he was playing in the OHO for the Sarnia Sting, he also had an incident there where he said some kind of slur to another teammate. And it is apparently he did like, it was never confirmed or denied, but it was alleged that he had said something, which, which gave him a lot of trouble there too. Uh, and it said that he had, he had broken uh, the code of conduct, uh, in the OHL as well. And now this is just carrying on into, and, and look at, you have what, 30, what is there? 32 teams in the NHL? I think so. Yeah. 31 or 32, let's say. And, uh, he went on waivers and nobody fucking wanted him. Nobody. And he was uh, third in scoring in defenseman third or fourth in scoring in defenseman last year. Isn't he still fairly young too? Yeah, he is. He is. I want to say he's like 24. A guy like that, do you think a guy like that, uh, a team like maybe the Red Wings could reel him in and like freaking goes up to like to like Iserman's office and he could be like, hey, like this is how it is here. This is what we do here. Like, do you think somebody could help him with his career rather than him just be a wasted talent? I don't know. You're playing in one of the best cities in the NHL. And you can't fucking rein it in yourself. Excuse me. Pardon me. Um, 
That snuck up on me. Like a um, burpee there from Ron. Yeah, 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 got me. Drinking those GLs, crushing the blondes. Yes, just surprised me there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, I, you know, like the, there's no guys in the league anymore, like like your Mark Messiers or you know guys that can grab a hold of you, you, you know, and, and just sit you down and say, "What are you doing?" Yeah, you know, you got all the talent in the world and nobody wants you. Yeah, what's that tell you? Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Maybe go get some help. Talk to somebody that's had these problems, like maybe Sean Avery or, or, or you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, even, even towards the end, Avery kind of cleaned it up a little bit. He was still doing his thing on the ice, but he cleaned it up off the ice. He wasn't. Right, but a lot, he didn't have as many problems with teammates as he did with other teams or the NHL. Yeah, this is- guy is having tons of problems with, with his teammates. Yeah, which. Not- not a good you know, job. No, you got to get it figured out if you want to stay there. Yeah, because you're still young. You're a kid still. He's a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, where's your dad on this? Where's your dad on this? I know. <laughs> I don't you know. know. Like, just kind of, I don't know. Hopefully he gets his shit together because he's a good player. So hopefully he figures all that out. Um, on that note, there's probably like five, six hockey games on tonight. Do you have anything else you want to talk about or are you good to go? I'm good to go. All right, brother. That is it. We're all done until next week. We got another killer interview coming next week. We're not going to say who though, but so you guys will enjoy that. Trust me. So, uh, I'll give you guys a little hint. Um, Amosburg, we're coming your way next week. So we'll give you a hint like that. Okay. So, Until next week, Aunt Rob, we're signing off. We're out of here. See ya. Peace. Yeah, I can get behind it.